Okay, let's start with Parshas Miketz, Tuf Shin Ayin Ches, as we get into the story of Yosef and Paro. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about Hanukkah, um, as it, it is that time of year. But again, as we almost always do, we spend most of the time on the Parsha. And we start off with a thought that we mentioned many years ago, uh, but we have a Hosafa. An addition to that uh, to that idea. Start off with the Beis Halevi, an amazing Beis Halevi, explaining a medrash in source number one. Says the base, says the medrash, beginning of source number one. We know the Torah starts off with the pasuk, Vayhi Mikach Nasayim Yamim Ufaro Cholaim. The end of the two years that Yosef was in jail. Ufaro Cholaim. Paro dreams. Pini Omed Aliyar, and we have Paro's dream. Says the medrash. Bemedrish, hey hey dalit havda hu dechsiv. This is what it's referred to as kach kach sam lachoshech. Hashem put an end to the darkness. Kach sam sam liYosef. Kami yibe beisa asurim. There was an end for how long liYosef was supposed to be in jail. Kivan shehigia hakates uparo cholei. Once the end came, paro dreamt. What is the deep message of this medrash based on the Pasuk in Eov of Kate Sam Lachoshech? There was an end given to the darkness. Says the Beis Halevi, beautiful. Everything in life has a cause and an effect. Cause and effect. Why this happened? Because of this. Right? A happens and that causes B. It's just that as the Beis Halevi is going to explain to us, we often view it in the opposite way than we should view it. We think the cause is the effect, and the effect is the cause. Somebody bought an amazing merchandise and made it a, a huge profit. According to human logic, what would we say? He made an amazing purchase, and because I made an amazing purchase, I made a lot of money. But really, it's the opposite. Hashem wanted me to make a lot of money, and therefore he made me buy this item. The cause was the result of what Hashem wanted me to achieve, and because of that, Hashem orchestrated the events that I bought this item. That wasn't the reason that because I bought it, I have the profit. From heaven, it was decreed that I will profit. And that's why I bought this. The nimsa, the profit, is the reason for the for the sale. Not the sale is the reason for the profit, as we would have thought, and as usually human logic dictates. Nimsa harevach huasiba the kniyas aschora huamisubav kideshal yada yetachlas hanirza. Ah, so now we get to the beginning of Parshas Miketz. One might read these psukim as, you know why Yosef got out of jail? Paro happened to have a dream, and he was troubled by his dream, and he needed an interpretation of his dream, so therefore Yosef came out of jail. But really, explains the Beis HaLevi, based on the Medrash, it's the opposite. It was time for Yosef to come out of jail, and therefore Paro had a dream. Right, the dream of Paro, it looks like that that was the Siba, that was the reason, but really not, line 17. Really, it's not true. It was time for Yosef to come out of jail. That's why Paro had his dream. 
That's what it says. It was the end of two years. Because it was the end of two years, that's why Paro, that's why Paro had a dream. That's why Kaddish Baruch gave him this message because it was time for Yosef to get to get out. Right? And that is something that if you look now in the Otsros HaTorah, uh, there is a collection of additional points that you know we sometimes think in the opposite way. The top of source two. Hashem is the one that is really the cause of all actions. What do we do? We are Hagarzin Biadabokea. We are the axe in the hands of the one chopping down the tree. We are tools. Really, it is not exactly as we sometimes see it. Sometimes he says, for example, somebody who's very smart is successful in business and someone who's not so smart financially is not successful. So we think the status of rich and poor are because of their state of mind and their abilities. No, because for whatever reason, Hashem wants to make them poor and rich, so therefore he gives them certain abilities or doesn't give them certain abilities. Everybody has abilities. Question in what area? But really, it's exactly the opposite as we might have seen. And he gives the example, again, uh, quoting from the Chafetz Chaim in the second half of the source, that we don't always recognize who's in charge. And though it looks like someone's in charge, but it's really not true. He quotes an example. Let's say somebody just fell off a desert island. He has never seen society before, and he walks into a train station. Walks into a train station for the first time. Line 23. He sees right before, a few minutes before the train is about to leave, there's some guy that announces in a very loud voice, five minutes the train's leaving! Five minutes! Five minutes! And people start running, and people are running to the train. Three minutes the train's leaving, and he starts whistling, people started running and running, and finally says, one minute, all aboard, all aboard! And everybody's rushing and rushing, and then it doesn't matter who's there, who's not there. Did you have a good excuse, not a good excuse? The man says, the train is leaving. And the train leaves. And this man is looking and he's saying, wow, that announcer is very powerful. That announcer, he's the one that decides everything. He's the one that makes the train go and makes the train stop. Hayim mismale ha'aracha, line 28. Right, the whistler, the whistler, he's very powerful. He's definitely the decider. And really, that he has no idea that this guy is just a pawn. It's the guy sitting in the office upstairs with the big window looking out on the whole city. He's the one that decides when is the train going to go, when is the train going to leave. This whistler, this announcer, he looks like he's the cause of everything. But really, he is the effect. He is the second step. He is the tool. And we have to realize that who we think is in charge is not. And that's exactly turning over the page, the end of the source. That's what many people think. We think we lost a deal that we spent many, much, many hours on. So we lost the deal because I didn't do what I was supposed to do. As long as it could be that I was... Uh, I was a poshea and I didn't act properly, but if I did the best I could and I did all my ishtavos and it didn't work out, I have to realize that that was the goal that was supposed to happen, right? That's what a Baruch Hu had planned and everything up to that point was 
just tools in the hands of God. And that's what we learned from Yosef and the dream. Because it was time for Yosef to get out, that's why Paro had his dreams. Okay. Related to that, let's continue, is a Svarno. Again, a much talked about Svarno. This year we'll see it through the expansion, through the eyes of Rav Yerucham. So what happens? Paro has his dream. He tells over the dreams, which we'll talk about by the Shem in a few minutes. And he says, I need somebody. And the Saraha Mashkim says, Oh, I realize, you know, it's, uh, it's my mistake. There's a great dream interpreter. I forgot. He told me to remember him. I didn't. I forgot. And he could really interpret your dreams. So what happens? They take him out of the bore of the, of the pit. But what is Vayiritsuhu? We know Vayiritsuhu is not just they took him out, but Vayiritsuhu, they did it quickly. From the word Ritsa, right? Unkelis says, what is Vayiritsuhu min abor? Right here in Pasuk Yudalid, Vaarhitohi min base asire. Rohat is to run, right? Vayiritsuhu min abor. Very quickly, min abor. Says the Svarno, Vayiritsuhu min abor. Source four, Ubisvarno, Kiderach Kol Teshua Hashem Shanasis Kmo Rega. This is what salvations from God are all about. Kaamro Kikrova Yeshua Silavo. Vikachaya in Mitzrayim. When Hashem decides there should be a salvation, when Hashem says there's a Yeshua, it happens that second. Not one second or minute or hour delayed. That's it. The second that it's supposed to happen, v'kachoye in Mitzrayim. Yosef got out of jail the second he was supposed to get out. Not a moment sooner, not a moment later. And that's exactly what happened, continues the Svarno in Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim. The Egyptians pushed us out. Go, go, go! Don't stay here anymore! Just wait. We've been here for 210 years. Another few minutes won't make a big, dif- a big difference. The answer is yes, it is. It will. Because when it comes to Geula, when Hashem says, this is it, then it happens. And that's exactly what Hashem has promised us will happen in the future. Pitom, suddenly, without warning. Pitom means in a second. That's Geula, Mitzat HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Explains Rabbi Yeruchim. Hashem. Right, the salvation of a human being is not the same as a salvation of Hashem. Let's say a president pardons someone. Does he get out that second? No. You gotta go through all the red tape. You gotta go through planning stages. You have to get into, um, you know, exactly how is it going to work and work out the rides. And boy, there's so many things to work out from the time of the promise to the time of the execution of the plan. There's time in between. The plan has not come to fruition. Hashem doesn't need any planning. Hashem has it all planned out. When Hashem says it's time, it's time. That's it. Nothing is lacking. And that's it. Now he explains. Even if the king has already sent out. That a certain man will should get out of jail. 
Niyaras Rishmiim, a lot of papers to fill out, Vidi Yuke Chukim Rabim, a lot of laws, Vishonim, Asher Terem Sidras Sidarta Otam, Lotasikas Asolo Or, he can't come out yet, a lot of time, and he's going to stay in jail. Until all those things, all those things come happen. But not Yeshua Hashem, which happened in a second. The second that Hashem decides that nothing is staying in the way, so that's it. Nothing's going to be in the way, and it's all going to come out. As he quotes the same medrash that the Beis Halevi quoted, line sixteen. Cage some lachoshech. The second that the choshech is over, the second that the darkness is over. That's it. Nothing is going to happen. And that's exactly what we say, we believe, is going to happen with Mashiach. What does it mean? And other achronim, I think the Briskarov was Madaik this also. What do we say in the, in the Animamin? Right? In each day. Meaning, within the day itself, even if it didn't come, I don't say, okay, it's going to come tomorrow. This second, this second, we have to believe. That's what Pitom teaches us. The Geula is going to happen the second that Hashem says it's supposed to happen. And it's that we think, oh yeah, look around the world now. It's never, this is reality. Now, Mashiach is going to tell, obviously, we're in a process. There is a process of Geula. Right, that we that we believe, and we and we believe that Bez Hashem, we're in Aschalta de Geula, the the of the Mashiach. But the last second when Hashem says it's time, that's it. Come on, we've been in Gaulus for two thousand years. Will another couple of minutes make a difference? What difference will it make? The answer is it does make a difference because Geula for Hashem, and it's all learned out from Vayiritzuhu Minabor. Yosef came out quickly. Ritza. They hurried him out because there was not one more second to stay in the pit. There was not one more second to stay in Mitzrayim. Another second, 49th level of Tumah. There's not one more second to stay in this Gullus. And that's what we daven for. We daven when we eat all the brachas of Asamach David, Lushlaim Ircha. We have to realize it can happen in a second. And that's what we believe and that's what we daven for. Okay. So are Geula. And a couple of life thoughts. Right, those are take-home life thoughts. Now let's focus on maybe a couple of ideas related to the parsha itself. So what happens in the dream? Pyro tells over the dream to Yosef. He says first he says, "I heard you're a great um, teller over of interpreter of dreams." But he shamati alecha lemar tishmach halom of taroso. Vayan Yosef as paro lemar biladai. It's not me. Esnachta. Elokim yane shlom paro, it's Hashem's in charge. By Debra paro al Yosef. Bachalomi hirneni omeid al svasa yaar. In my dream, I was standing on the edge of the river. Vihinei menayar olosheva paros brios basar brios tos toar. Robust, fat cows. Vatirena baachu, and they stood there. Bachulu, we know the dream. The cows, the fat cows, the skinny cows. Medrash plia. No, medrash plia is a medrash that puts two psukim together. And it's very difficult to know what the connection is between the two of them. Says the Pasik, source number five, by Daber Parol Yosef, Hineni Omeda Sfasayor. I'm standing on the edge of the river. The Medrish connects this to a Pasik and to Hillam. Ube Medrish, Hadahu Dirtiv, Edus Bihosef Samo, Bitseiso al Eretz Mitzrayim, Sfas Loyadati Eshma. 
the pasuk we say, we say it in one of the yoms, but the, the Gemara even said this is an allusion to Yosef. Yosef spelt here with an extra hey. Edus be Yosef Shmo, but says Lars Besraim, Svasko Yadati Eshma. The Gemara, I think, in Masech Sota says maybe this alludes to the conversation that Yosef had with Paro, that Yosef knew one more language than Paro knew, and that's why Paro made him promise that he wouldn't say it over. Okay, so, allusion. But what does this have to do with our Pasik? This pasuk of Yosef, the language I didn't know, Eshma, and that's connected to what? It's a word game. Al Svas Hayaor and Svas Yadati. So the Likute Yoshua here, Yoshua Scheinfeld from Lublin, says over in the name of Sefer Marganita to Rebbe Meir. Shemadayik. Loma Shino Parabalashono. Lomar, Hineni Omed Al Svas Hayaor. If you look closely in the dream itself, it does not say that Paro was al Svas Hayaor. That was an added word that Paro mentioned. Doesn't say the word edge, Svas Hayaor. It just says Yaor. Ah, now we're getting somewhere. Paro was testing Yosef. Paro wanted to know if he really was a proper, wise, prophetic dream interpreter. Paro on purpose added in this word. I'm going to tell you the dream. Let's see if you can figure out what I added in and what's real. So he added in, I was on the edge of the river instead of Al-Hayar. What does Yosef say? Yosef repeats the dream, as we know. Really, the dream comes up. Yopara has a dream, and then he tells over the dream to Yosef, and then Yosef says over the dream and interprets it. So what does Yosef say? When Yosef says over the dream, he leaves out the Sfas. Leaves out the Sfas. Yosef, Pasuch he says, when you are, right, he leaves, he says, the, the cows, doesn't say anything about the, uh, the spas. And that's how, that's how we, uh, say, that's how he knew, that's how Paro knew that Yosef was, uh, telling the, the truth, and that's how he knew he was the ultimate dream interpreter. And that's what's alluded to in the Pasik. Svas lo yadati eshma, the word svas, that I didn't know from you, Paro, eshma, I, I said it. Right? I heard that. I heard that, the, the real message of the dream, even though you didn't tell me. Hainu, hamila svas, shani lo yadati eshma besipurucha. I will say over in your, in your dream. And that's how the Likute Yehoshua ends, Ubazeh, that's how Paro saw his wisdom. Because he says, I didn't, I, I heard from you, Svas Boyadati, the Svas that I didn't know from the dream, Eshma, I, I heard in your Sipur of the dream, and that's how Paro saw the Osem Julaso Shal Yosef, and that's why he says, Animsa Kazeb, Ish Asheruach Elokim Bo, is there anyone as smart, as amazing as this uh, Yosef? And that's the Medrash of Edus Behosef, Shemo, Betzezolez, Betzrayim, Svas Boyadati, Eshma. A Harifus, we might call it, from the Likute Yehoshua about the Medrash Pliya. Okay, says Rabbeinu Bachai. Let's start with, again, a um, question that is dealt with in general by the Mepharshim on the whole first section of the Parsha. 
Much was discussed last week in terms of the message of the content of Yosef's dreams. Why the bushels and why the sun and the moon and the stars, a lot of ruchnius and gashmius, two types of dreams, why the brothers only get uh, um, more upset at the second dream than the first dream. Not as much, or we haven't spoken as much, I should say, about the content of Paro's dreams. About the, we know what the Torah says, obviously, the seven years uh, each, but Rabbeinu Bachai goes into the depths of what the message is of the cows coming out of the water and the bushels and swallowing each other. And this Rabbeinu Bachai has to be read in light of the Ramban and Parsha's bow. The Rabban, his contemporary, his Rebbe, right? That's uh, similar ideas, but we'll see it this year through the eyes of, the, of Rabbeinu Bachai in Surah number 6. What's the message of the dreams? Vida. You shall know, says Rabbeinu Bachai. Shani choshev inyan bachalom paro shuhu olech b'sheva al sheva. He'll get into why it's sevens. Seven years. Seven for the seven years, but why is it seven years? Yadua ki paro va'amo rishaim ma'aminim ha'kadmus. Paro and his nation, they believe in kadmus, meaning Hashem did not create the worlds. Kadmus ha'olam, the world was always here. Maybe they, be, they believe in like a big bang theory, there was an explosion, meaning God did not create the big explosion, right? And uh, we're not going to get into all of the, um, you know, holes in that type of theory right now. But uh, they believe in Kadmus, the world was always here. Kofrim biyadiyah, and they also deny knowledge of a creator. Uba hashkacha, and the constant eye of the creator. Uba chidush, and the constant a renewing of the world. They deny it all. All types of heretics in Mitzrayim. Right? They thought, they believed, that everything that happens regarding human beings in this world, it all is chance, it's all accidental. You know who really rules the world? The powers, the zodiacs, the constellations. Umitoch, everything in this world is, is covered by a mazel. And since, what is the root of all power of nature? They believe nature has a separate power. What's the root of all those powers of nature? Says Rabbeinu Bachai, earth and water. Right, we know the humors in the um, medieval and earlier periods. There's also wind and fire. But he focuses on earth and water. He says earth was believed, and that's why even in Paro you have the letters Ayin, Pei, Resh. Afar is even in Paro's name. Herulo, that is why HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives him two dreams focusing on the fact that I, capital I, I'm in charge. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling Paro, of the two sources of what you think is the God itself. Right, proving it through water and earth. Where the cows come from. Water. Why did the cows come from the water? Why didn't Paro just dream about cows? Why is that an important detail? That the cows came from the water. And the cows symbolize there's going to be famine and plenty, but it's all from the water. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying, I'm in charge of the water. What comes out of the water, I'm going to be in charge of. V'sheva shibalim tzomchos. And where does shibalim come from? Obviously, stalks grow from the ground. Mi'asot ha'afar. 
Vaharemez Bahen, Inyin Sova Viraov, Shuhu Mofes Alhashkacha Bishafalim, obviously famine and plenty, God's in charge of that, especially if it is forecast by a Navi, by a dream. Kamoshin Iskar Lehem Barashashana. And that's what we say in Tfilah on your Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in charge of hunger and famine and plenty. And Paro was in shock. Right? Much has been discussed. We talk about this many times. Why is it, Rashi quotes, that Paro had many interpretations, but he didn't like any of them. Right, vein poterotam le paro, the Pasik says. Paro had many, many interpretations. But he wasn't interested. He's gonna have seven daughters and they're all gonna die. He didn't believe any of those interpretations. Because he realized that this was gonna be something that was gonna be, you know, magical, national. There was something that he was waiting for. It was a mo face le paro. Me'itoyisparachbinyashkacha. He knew it was a message from God. Lahodia. To teach him, ki hu yisbarach hamashkiach ba'olam ayesodos va'anose bosova v'rav v'hu ashalit va'moshel al shiva koch ve'leches. Right, and this is spoken about, as we know, in Parshas Shmos ve'erabo. Right, the makos, everything in the whole process, starting from, and we could say, when did it start? It started with Paro's dreams, even though it wasn't bad for the Jews yet. It started here. The message, messages. To Egypt and to their leaders, recognize God. Because they didn't. He is the one that can make you stronger or weaker based on We know, right? Paro made himself into a God. Right? As the Pazak says in Yeshayo, Right? He said, I'm the God. He used to go to the bathroom early in the morning. Nobody thought he had to go to the bathroom. And that's what Moshe went then. So he believed. So this whole, all these dreams were about, you're not. And I'm in control of dirt, and I'm in control of water. And everything that comes out of that, I'm going to tell you what's going to come out of that, and what it symbolizes. And why dafka? Water, water's first. To hint to Paro. Paro, this whole process is going to start with water, and this whole process is going to end with water. I'm letting you know now, right, coming out of water. The first maka, dam, from the yaor, and of course, kriyas yamsuf, as the final stage of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. As we know, the mitzvah of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, every day, Zechiris Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim includes, we talk about kriyas yamsuf, hamavr bada begizri yamsuf. Right, we talk about the Yamsuf every morning and every evening as well. And also the beginning and the end, that you will be um, hit with water, through water. Unless you retract and you are choserbo from this emuna. And when he stayed in his wickedness and he said, and that's what Yosef was trying to tell him. That Paro knew there was something about these dreams that was heavenly, that was godly, because he himself knew he wasn't a god, right? He was trying to hold it in and trick, and that's why he went in the morning. He knew he had to go to the bathroom, he had to relieve himself, but he tried to hide that. But this dream was a message to him, I know better than you. Klomar. And when Yosef turns to him and says, Biladai Elohim, Klomar, Ein Chachmas Apitaron Mikochi, Kim Mikoach Elohim, 
You think I have power. Right? Just like you think you have power, I don't have power. It's all from the one above. He's going to interpret the dreams and he's the one that's in charge of the content of your dreams. And he's going to be the one that's going to, that's going to fulfill it. And that's why he notes, skip down, line 16, Yosef keeps saying Shem Hashem whenever he talks. Every sentence in this parsha that Yosef mentions to Paro, it's all about Hashem. He mentions Hashem, that is what Yosef was trying to get through, get through to him. And seven, he goes through a little gematria, seven symbolizes Teva, and that's why it's seven, to say that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in control of Teva, in control of the world, and um, that is the messages and the symbolism of the content of the, of the dreams. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky just adds on to this, uh, in a separate piece, in source number eight, he says, it's not only in this parsha. Every single sentence that Yosef says until the rest of the Sefer Bracious, God is always mentioned in every Pasuk. Pretty amazing. He goes through every Pasuk, right? In Miketz and Vayigash and Vayachi. Here, the Rabbein Abachai mentions all of them. But if you keep going... Keep going, line 11 now in the Rabbi Yaakov, on line, source 8, right next to us. He calls his kids Menashe, Kinashani Elokim. Ephraim, Ki Ephrani Elokim. Esho Elokim, ERA. Elokim, Yachmachabani, when he talks to the brothers. Elokim. Every sentence. In Vayechi. That's Yosef. Every single word. And Yosef in Gaulus, Yosef the Jew in Gaulus, he's even alluding to us that that's how we survive in Gaulus. We should have Shem Shamayim Shagur Befinu. Kodesh Baruch should always be on our lips. Amir Tashem, Be'ez Tashem. Right? Baruch Hashem. The name of God should be always within us, just like it was with Yosef. And that is uh, what, and that's why they're even Medayik. You know, when he swears Chei Paro, he swears in the name of Paro, that's Dafka, the opposite of what he, of what he usually does. Okay, this is Content of Yosef dreams, of Paro's dreams. So now let's get into another very famous question that we've dealt, we've dealt with in the past. A couple of major questions on this parsha, uh, and that is the Ramban's question and others. The brothers come down, moving right along. There are the years of plenty, and then we have the years of famine that take over, and the brothers are on their way to Mitzrayim. Vayar Yaakov pasuk perak membeis. Right? Why is it? Um, Yaakov says to his, his sons, "Why are you pretending that you have plenty of food?" I've heard that there is shever. I've heard that there is uh, food in Mitzrayim. Go down. Fine. They go down. The Medrash says they went into twelve different uh, or ten different doors, gates of the city. They're all brought. Yosef brings them. Yosef was on the lookout. Yosef knew they would eventually come. And what happens to Pasuk Zion? One of the most amazing psukim in all the Torah. One of the most amazing reactions that needs interpretation and explanation. Yosef recognizes his brothers. And what should the next Pasuk be? He gives them a hug and says, I've missed you. And he does not do that. Right? He acts strange to them. He acts like a stranger. And he deals with them harshly. By Yom he says, "Where are you from? Where are you from? 
Where are you from? The Pasuk emphasizes that Yosef recognizes them, but they don't recognize him. And then we have a Pasuk that seems to be not belonging there. In the middle of the conversation, Pasuk test, Vayizkarlo, Yosef is chalamosa shechalam lahem, Yosef remembers his own dreams. Vayamar lehem meraglim, he says, you are meraglim, what are you doing here? And a question that all the Mepharshim deal with, and we have mentioned, we have mentioned many approaches over the years, and that is, why Yosef do this? Why the charade? Why so mean on the surface? What was he playing around with his brothers for? And not only his brothers, but the question that is asked by the Ramban and others, what about his poor father? Yaakov Avinu, he didn't send him a postcard? Just a postcard. All the years. Why, 22 years, 13 years till he's sitting in jail, seven years of plenty, two years of famine, right, 22 years. Why does he send his father a postcard? Does he really think, maybe, we've discussed this in the past, maybe he thinks that Yaakov was in on it, possibly. Right, remember, his father sent him to his brothers. But either way, that's the question of the Ramban and others. Why did Yosef do this? So the Ramban's answer, that's the one that's much discussed, the Ramban says, well... Maybe that's the extra Pusik stuck here in the middle. He remembered his dreams. What does that mean? Yosef thought that his dreams represented a nevuah, a prophecy. And it was his job to help the prophecy come true. And the dreams stated that the brothers, all the brothers, and Yaakov Avinu needs to come down and bow down to him. If he would just identify himself to his brothers and then go up to Yaakov and meet his father there, that would never come true. So that is why the Ramban says he felt it was a nevuah and therefore he had to um, do his best to bring the dreams to fulfillment. That's what Reb Volbi quotes the Ramban in source number nine, line three. They are true. He has to give time for his dreams to be fulfilled. In order to get them to be fulfilled, he couldn't tell the as he continues. And that's why he also didn't send them a postcard all the years, because that would have ruined it as well. Asks Revol beyond the Ramban, a question of many, the Abarbanel asked this, I think, on the Ramban, and many others. Who allowed Yosef to make that decision? What drove him? How could he take that upon himself? How can a man, you know, come to such a difficult decision? We are sure Yosef loved his father. Right? His father saved him by Ishes Potiphar, the vision of his father. So he was surely in pain. Right? He wasn't, he wasn't doing this lahachis against his father. Pashtus says he didn't think his father was in on it. He knew his father loved him. Right? So, so what, why was it? But he had the dream and logic or his seichel, his intellect, his intuition told him, Hashem's giving me a message here and this is what I need to do for whatever reason. Did he know there was going to be a shibud? This is the way to get the Jews down to the shibud? Who knows? But that's what his halachic intuition, so to speak, told him. And 
And Revolvi says the message is when there is a certain halachic intuition and the seichel hayasher, the straight seichel, you have to make sure it's seichel hayasher. Sometimes it's seichel ha'akum. If it's if it's crooked logic, and that's why most of us, you know, we can't do this by ourselves. We have to speak to Arabeim and to the people that know more than us. But Yosef had sadik, had seichel hayasher. He had straight, pure intellectual thought. And if that too, and you know what Hashem wants from you, then even if emotions are very strong and feelings tell me otherwise, I have to, I have to overcome. Chazal and feelings and emotions and Allah play a tremendous role. There's the mitmaisa mitzvah, there's the kiyam ha-mitzvah, there's many. There's the hana'ah gotten from the mitzvah, there's the hana'ah gotten from the avera. It's not just about intellect. But with the intellect tells me something that I have to do, I have to do my best to overcome the pain that I feel that I'm putting my father in and the pain that I feel vicariously for my father and do what Hashem wants me to do. That's what he has to do. And he says, that's a deeper idea of what Chazal tell us. Derech Eretz Torah. Derech Eretz Yanhaga shall seichel, as he's interpreting that now. Vimanhaga azos, he's not go avos hakadoshim. The avos acted with seichel hayashar, right? What do you think Avram was thinking? My father loves idols. You know, I'm going to do my own thing. What, he smashed all the idols in his father's store. How much money that must have cost his father? You know how much pain his father must have been in? And his father got so mad, he even gave him, gave him over to Nimrod. But Avram says, this is what I need to do. This is what seichel hayashar demands. And therefore, this is what Hashem wants, and this is what I need to do. And it's a Kiddush Hashem, it's not a Chil Hashem. Avram Avinu lo gadom, he called Tzibu Yatorah. El achra sikhlo, hei via utoladas, echlis nai. The Seich Hayasher teaches him. And that's why we call Sefer Breshah Sefer Hayasher. Because it's the Yisharim. Right, the Yisharim. Right, v'nim sachein v'seich el tov. V'ne elukim v'adam. And that's what we see throughout Sefer Breshah. He quotes, this is what I have to do. This is what halachically is mandated. Again, it doesn't mean that you can go against halacha. We mentioned often, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky's thought a few weeks ago, a few parashios ago, when Ya'avram went in to save Sodom, right? And if he would have asked a halacha question, does he have to, I'm sorry, to save Lava, to save Lot, to save his nephew from the war that involves Sodom. And we said, if he would have asked the question, do I have to do this? The answer would have been no. It's his own fault. He got involved. Is it? But Avram goes by Seichal HaYasher. And there the Seichal HaYasher tells him he has to go. Yeah, he doesn't have to go, but he has to go. And therefore, in every sto- circumstance, we have to figure out what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from us, what is the Seichal HaYasher, and that's how Yosef was able to overcome the feelings of love that he had for his father, and in that way, um, able to do what he knew that he needed to do. Okay. Moving right along. I think a question that we've dealt with well, let's see this here again in the words of the Likute Yehoshua, two of them tonight. Perek Mem Gimel, Pasik, Lamed Dalet. All the way at the end of the Perek, where finally Binyamin is here. Binyamin is here. Yosef brings them in, sits them by age order. Again, I think we spoke about it in the past years. I think we're Nebenzal's Ha'ara. That Yosef was dropping so many hints to his brothers. So many hints. He knew exactly what their what their beds look like, right? He lined them up by age. They're like, what? 
How'd he do this? How'd he know that? But they didn't put it together. Right. Makim Begavir, Rashi quotes. Ruven, Shimon, Levi, Yehudi, Zachar, Zvulin. B'nei Emachas. Heisebo Kaseh the Razehu, Kaseh the Tolaschem. Echen Kulam. He comes to Binyamin. Binyamin has no mother. I have no mother. He'll sit next to me. He's giving them hints. They wondered. He gave out portions to each of them. He gives Binyamin more. Gives Binyamin more. What was that about? Rashi. So Rashi tries to quote what these are. The Gemara discusses this. Maybe he's referring to the five... Um, Things connected to Mordechai HaYehudi, who eventually comes from Ishimini. But either way, what did the end of the Pasuk say? Vayishtu, vayishkaru imo. Right? He gave Binyamin these portions, and they drank, and they got seriously. They drank seriously. What does that mean? Rashi. Umiyom shemachruhu lo shasuyayin. From the day that they sold him, they had not drunk wine. Velohu shasuyayin. And he didn't drink wine. Vosvayom shasu. That day they drunk. And the question that's asked on Rashi is on the Medrash. Fine, Yosef could drink, because now the brothers are all back together and he's happy about it. But the brothers didn't know yet. The brothers didn't know who Yosef was. So why'd they drink? What, was it just because the, the viceroy forced them to drink? It doesn't sound like them. So why did Yosef, why did the brothers drink? Source 10. For Isi Besefer Kavchein. Shadik, Lama Shasu Boso Ayob. All right, then Lo Yadu Yosef Chai. Why were they able to drink? Says the Likuti uh, Yoshua in the name of the other Sefer because it's connected to the first half of the Pasuk. Why is this in the same Pasuk? What does it say? Yosef gave Binyamin more than the rest of the brothers. And then it says, What's the connection between those two halves of the Pasuk? Says the Likuti Yoshua. It didn't make them upset. doesn't say anywhere that they were miskane in Binyamin. Right? They obviously felt, okay, this is what's supposed to happen. Binyamin's supposed to get this, and we're not supposed to get it. They have finally overcome completely their midah of kinah. Their mida of sinna, their mida of if he gets more, then I'm jealous, and that's what the brothers realize. They've been working on shuva on this for so many years, and all of a sudden it comes to an example. Binyamin gets extra, and none of them feel bad. They realize the root of the chait has been rooted out. They said, okay, we have done Shuvah Gemurah, now it's time, the rest is up to God. They can already drink, because the root. And this is similar, reminds us of the Ramban. The Ramban notes, also in this week's parsha, when the brothers are discussing it with each other, how could this happen, what's going on? And what do they say? How could we have sold our brother? They don't say that. How come we didn't have Rachmanus on our brother? That's what the Torah says. Source 11. What are, they, what are they upset about? I want to do tshuva for. Not specifically the act, but it's the root midos that went along with the act. It's exactly what we're saying here. The Rabban says, It was the 
the exorious, the, the uh, lack of compassion, the brazenness, the cruelty, that mida in acting towards their brother, that was the root problem. Imagine, as we know, right, the Imagine when they threw Yosef in. Imagine what Yosef screaming at them. Help! Help! Let me out! Let me out! Don't leave me here! I'm going to die! And what they do? Deaf ear. And what they do? They went to eat. And maybe they even heard him screaming while they were eating. That Achzarius, that, says the Ramban, is what they realized was the root problem. Why did the Torah say this exactly when the, when the Chet took place? Because it's known, it's obvious. It's obvious that this was the problem. If my brother's doing something bad to me, I'm going I'm to ask him to stop. Oh, the Torah didn't want to say it explicitly to kind of minimize their sin, meaning at least explicitly. Or it's the way of Psukim. Right? Sometimes the Torah writes something in short in one place and lengthier in another place. You've got to put it all together to get the full picture. Right? We know that from Navi. Certain stories in Nevi'im, you could only know the full picture from reading Sefer Malachim and Sefer Yishayo and Yermio and Sefer Divrei Hayamim. And if you're, if you're missing one, so then you don't get the whole picture. So says the Ramban, that's what happened here. But that's the root. And that's exactly what we say here. They could drink because they realize they have rooted out that Midah. And once that Midah is rooted out, so that is all... That uh, that's what's rooted the important. Vine Ruven line six Analahem Shikvar Marti Lachem Bishas Ma'isa Shlo Techetu Ki Yelad Hu. He's seventeen. Umepnei Narusochat Alachem. He's a teenager. Veroy Lachem Laavirachatos Nurav. He's a teenager. Come on. Viatag Gamdamo Amachzarius. Shertem Omrim Vine Nidrash. Bechulu. That's what Ruven tried to do, but he was not listened to, and that's why it's all about the Midos. It's not so much about the actions that we do, which it is, but it's about the midos that cause those actions, and we have to try to do tshuva and improve on those midos. The Rambam in Hilchas Tshuva talks about derech tshuva. Right? Derech tshuva is to focus on the whole attitude of, towards my avodas Hashem. My whole attitude. I'm a different person. I'm a different. Uh, I'm a different name. It's not just about focusing on one specific act, but if I work on the root and the attitude, and that way, that will affect. That will affect everything. Okay, let's end with a thought related to the, both the Parsha and Hanukkah. Again, this was mentioned, uh, I think, seven years ago or so, but it's something so definitional to Hanukkah, I thought that uh, we might mention it again. The thought is based on a uh, thought from Rav Aaron Cutler found in the Halakha Valibov. And that is also Yosef and his brothers, the Pasuk that we were just talking about. What they were just talking about, Ruvain says to his brothers, why didn't we have, you'd have Rachmanis on him? Why didn't you have compassion on him? Why not? I told you. And what, what was the conversation? What did the brothers answer? Says the Svarno, second Svarno of the evening. Source number seven. Divrei Ruvain. Ein achet ha-nidra. Source number twelve. Ein achet ha-nidra shatav zariz bilvar aval gam da Moshe chatas alush brodam naki. Shaloya ben maves. You paskin, says Ruvain, that he was chayiv misa. For whatever reason, he was a Rodaif. Maybe they thought that just like all the previous Doros, there was somebody thrown out. Yishmael, Asaph. So here, they're going to throw him out and he's going to be the only one. So he, he was putting their life in danger. And Ruvain said, no, not true. 
asks Rabbi Shore, asks Rabbi Cutler. So, how was Ruvain able to see through the cloud and able to see clearly that Ruvain, that Yosef didn't deserve it? Mavur shahaya kan machlokes ben Ruvain vashvatim beetzem apsakdin shahaya al Yosef ki ashvatim ari paskudin al Rodev v'chashu ki ubemes chayemisa is chayemisa. Right, he's Chayemisa, and that's why we didn't have Rachmanis. And Ruvain says, no, he's not Chayemisa. How was Ruvain able to see through and be, so to speak, Danim Lakavschus? So maybe it's based on a Medrash. The Medrash says on line 23, Ruvain Amar, Humone Osi Imachai Ve'ini Matzilo. Ruvain says about Yosef. Ruvain, who was the other Bechor, right? Ruvain says, Yosef considers me one of the brothers. He counts me as one of the brothers. He doesn't think that my sin with my father, whatever happened there with Billah, he doesn't think I'm excluded. How do we know that he counted him as one of the brothers? Eleven stars. Hey, I'm at least a star. I'm one of the Shvatim. Even though he's saying I'm bowing down to him, but he's telling me I'm one of the Shvatim, says Ruvain. I'm not going to save him. First I have to save him. What was the root of Ruvain's Mida? Ruvain recognized, or Ruvain had, Hakara Satov to Yosef. Yosef counted him. Ruvain's like, hey, that's great. Thank you. That's amazing. When you have Hakara Satov to somebody, you always judge them favorably. You always can see the good side of their actions and the good side of who they are. Not just Piron. He quotes deeper. It's natural. If I have a karasatov to someone, if I know that person did something for me, let's say we're talking, I know a person did something for, for me, I'm going to look at him differently than you will. Because I have a, a warmer feeling for him. And I can look at him differently because I know he did something nice for me. So then I'm going to look at him and his actions differently. The Shvatim Roas Achitzonius Shal Yosef. The Shvatim just saw the external actions of Yosef. Shayanir Lahem Shuchayim Misa. Avaruvein Zachaleros Es Haani Yosef. Hapnimius Shal Yosef Atzadik. Sheein Boshem Es Avon. He realizes that Yosef is not at fault. And how does he do that? Because it starts off with Hakaras Hatov, recognizing what the other does for me. Vilameidim Anu Mizeh. Now Rav Avram Shor talks in line twelve. We learn from here. Shayde Hakaras Hatov. And we have a karazatov that even something that doesn't look so good, it could be looked at as good. And that's our attitude that we have to have with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The more HaKarazatov we have to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the more we could recognize and see the good in everything. Even if sometimes things don't look good and things don't seem good on the outside. He says, amazing. What are the words we say right before Shema? When we're makabal o malchus Right before the bracha. Lahodos lacha uliachet chabiyahava. Lahodos lacha. To thank you. You can only do a proper, we can only do a, 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 a perfect Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad a proper Kabbalah Zamach HaShemayim is only after we recognize everything Hashem does for me and we have feelings of thanks for Him. Lahodos lacha uliachetcha biyava. We say Shema, and what do we do when we say Shema? We close our eyes and we put our hand over our eyes as if to say, because we're not looking at the chitsonius, we're not looking at the external, just what's in front of us. We know there's a lot much deeper. We know sometimes the world out there 
There are tragic stories, Rahman al There are some people in such difficult situations. And others we think, like, why does this person get so many patches? Why does this person get tzara after tzara? Some people, when it rains, it pours. Rahman al they don't get a break. And we think to ourselves, it's so so hard, it's so tzadik varalo. So we close up our eyes and we say Shema, and that's very difficult sometimes. We recognize Hashem is in charge. But the more we recognize the Lahodos Lacha, we focus on what He does give us. So that will give us at least a little bit perspective if we can. And that's why he says in the continuation in Source 13, he says we have to have this perspective when things are going great. When we have plenty of everything. When we have money and health and, and serenity. When we have everything, that's when we have to recognize it's all from Hashem. If we have that, so then it can help us and work even when we feel that we might not have that. That's what he quotes from the Svasemes. Ki ikra bitachonu shalva. Once I have everything, that's where we have to have the opposite of kochi v'otsim liyadi. And as Vasemah says it on the Pasuk in last week's Parsha, this we've mentioned in the past. The Pasuk says, line 32, Hashem was with Yosef, Hashem was with Yosef, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Mitzri. Says this Vasemah, that Pasuk says it all. Hashem was with Yosef in both situations. He was with Yosef, Vayihi Ishmatzliach, he was with Yosef when he was on top of the world. And he was with Yosef when he was in the house of the mystery, when he was downtrodden. And maybe it's one helps cause the other. Because Hashem was with Yosef and Yosef recognized him in the Vayihi Ishmat So that is why he was able to see him in Vayihi Bebeis Adonav HaMitzri as well. And that is what our job is throughout our lives, but especially as the Rav Shore ends, especially when we have Hanukkah, which is all about Hoda'ah, Halova Hoda'ah, Al Hanisim Yalapurka, and that's in the Birchas Hoda'ah. This is a time of year where we have to focus on what the Kaddish Baruch Hu gives us, individually, communally, nationally. Rahman al-Islam, we still need so much more. There's so much darkness in certain areas. There's so much darkness. Some people are so far from Hashem spiritually, physically difficult. Parnassa, there's so many difficulties that we have. But we ought to focus on how much we have. And if we could do that, and that's what this holiday is about. It's about Hodah. It's about recognizing HaKadosh Baruch Hu's hands in my life. Though the Yavanim wanted to uproot that. right? What they say, Kisvo al-Karan Ashar, you have to ride on the horns of your oxen. Right, the oxen were like the Talmudic bumper stickers. I like to call them. Right, it said you had to, you had to say this is what we believe in. We don't believe. We don't have a connection. And Hanukkah is about showing our connection, publicly showing our connection, showing the world that we're connected, and we have hoda to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and then we'll always have a proper perspective. Again, it's challenging, but this is what we have to do. This is what. HaKadosh Baruch Hu was waiting for us to do. So Be'ed HaShem, we should be zochet to always see the good, to always see the hodah, to always have the hodah attitude in others, in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We should be zochet to have a Chanukah Sameach to all Klai Yisrael. And we should be zochet to see the lighting of the menorah in the Beis HaMikdash, B'mir of Yemen.